Hello and welcome again to the fellow cast and we have a bring your own bible episode lined up again lined up again today and in this episode Garth will be taking us from Exodus 25 all the way through to the end of Exodus if, I, if I'm right today not entirely to not the entirely end. sorry to 32 you said chapter 32 and, and we start off with the offerings to build the tabernacle and we're heading into that whole disaster with the golden calf if i can put it that yes, way unfortunately that's where we're gonna land <laughs> All right. um, but it's important to know where we're gonna land it because the whole picture here is um the elders went up the mountain with aaron and joshua and moses mm. they spent time in god's presence remember chapter 24 uh, looking at their god and eating a meal with him yeah uh, they reconfirmed the covenant that they made with the lord and then they came down. Did you just say eating a meal with God? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> That's Have amazing. you ever read that? We can't just gloss over that. <laughs> That's something that needs to be be looked at. Yeah. Sorry, no, I'm really changing is, your whole thing no, here. No, please. It's wonderful. It really is incredible. So Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abiyah and the 70 elders of, the Lord, of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli as bright blue as the sky. Verse 11 of chapter 24. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of Israel. They saw God and they ate and drank. That's amazing. How phenomenal. Wow. Eh? <laughs> um, and then they came down the mountain and Moses went further up into the presence of the Lord. And then it says, and this thick cloud covered the mountain. Remember, it was like it was on fire. Mm. So we have to keep that in mind. Because, listen, they're watching a guy go into the holy of holy of gods, and it's thunder up there. Yeah. They cannot see him, and the mountain is, is looks like it's on fire. And um, when he doesn't come back in 40 days, you might assume he's dead, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, yeah, the statement is they were amazed. They spent time with God, and they ate and drank and came back down, and they're alive. Mm. But Moses went up further in. Can you go further up in? Hey, sure. Maybe he just offended God and yeah. died. <laughs> but we're going to land then in 32 because in 32, they then say, but let's make ourselves gods mm. because we lost our leader. Mm. Uh, they're desperate. But in between is the whole picture of God saying, all right, Moses, now that you're here with me, some elders came with you, spent time with me, but I want you to go down and build a tabernacle and I will live in your midst. Mm. So God's desire with this whole meeting is to give Moses all the plans needed so that they know how can we live with a holy God in our midst. Mm. Um, so how heart-wrenching when by the end of the meeting God has to say to him, listen, I, I'm seeing what's happening down there and I'm going to wipe them out. <laughs> sure. His heart is for them. He yeah. says, just, I want to stay with you. I want to be with you. Mm. Um, and they then go after another God. Yeah. So from chapter 25, then we start to get all these instructions. And that's why we're starting to move a bit quicker yeah. because we, we're running with a story. Um, not that this is not worth studying. I mean, every detail of this is, is wonderful. Mm. But uh, what I often find is if we go into every ring and every chord and whatever, which for some people are fascinating and mm. glorious, we might lose the bigger picture, which is, this is just a home for God in the midst of the people. Yeah. So while I'm very sure there's a meeting and a meaning in every detail of yeah. it, uh, it for some of it it's going to be guessing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and you're going to come up with a different meeting than me, yeah. uh, meaning than me, um, and we have to 
compromise. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there today. Yeah. So first of all, God says, listen, I want you to build a tabernacle, but let the people bring gifts. Mm. Let the people bring willingly what we're going to use for this. Uh, what did they have to give? The stuff they stole or took from Egypt. Yes, <laughs> the treasures they yeah. walked out with. And here they're going to make a tabernacle for God out of these glorious riches. Mm. Uh, the best of the best yeah. of Egypt becomes worship for God. Sure. It's sort of a picture of how we, God says, use the evil mammon to make friends yeah. on the earth. Yeah. Um, use what might be evil even for good. Yeah. Yeah. So then the instructions start. He says, first of all, you're going to make an ark or um, some translations will say a chest. It's a box, right? Um, the, the size of the box is about, if you can picture it, about one meter long, uh, about two rulers high, uh, 600 and something, 658 um, high. Yeah, mine's in inches, so I'm not good with inches. Yeah. So it's not actually that big, yeah. right? It's not that massive a box. But uh, it's made of acacia wood, uh, quite hardy, and then covered uh, with gold. Mm. And on top of it, they're going to make two cherubim, these winged angels of God. Um, and I think, what's it? The, the, the treasure of the ark. Or yeah. what, what's that, Indiana Jones? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all got that picture in our mind. Yeah. Um, what is it, the name of the movie? Um I'm blank now as yeah. well. <laughs> I know Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark yeah. or something like that. Um, and that that angels then on top of it, where the wings come together, the Lord says, from this place, I will speak to the high priest mm. when he comes in. So uh, why is it that? It's called the mercy seat, yeah. right? So these elders just went up and they saw God sitting on his throne and now he says, make a mercy seat on top of a box between these angels. And we know from all the other descriptions of God's glorious throne, these angels, these winged cherubim are around his throne. Mm. So literally, God is saying, make a place that is like something you saw here. Like a model. And from that place, I'm going to come down in this cloud of glory and I'm going to sit there. Mm. I choose to sit. I can sit anywhere in all of the universe, but I want to sit here in your midst mm. and speak wow. and give instruction. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's then, then they had to make a table. And again, the table, we immediately think about a normal table, 90 centimeters high, about something like that. Uh, and you sit at it with a, with a chair. That's not this table. It's actually pretty small. The height of it is, again, about two rulers high, uh, just under a meter. I think it's 90 centimeters long and quite thin as well. Um, so I've, uh, Zach Neese is a guy who wrote a book called... Um, how to worship a king. Mm -hmm. And he then goes through the tabernacle with these images. And when he comes here, he says, it's a picnic table, man. Eh? Yeah. And <laughs> literally it's like saying, Jesus saying to his bride, come sit at the table with me. Yeah. Just have a meal here. Yeah. It's quite intimate. It's a thin table. It's not like our tables that will separate you with quite a distance. Mm. It's thin. He sits on the one side, you on the other side. You can literally touch each other. Yeah. Um, and they had to make a special bread to put on top of this thing. Um, and... Then there comes the lampstand, which most of us will know the picture as the emblem of Israel, mm. that menorah. Yeah. Um, and that's... With the seven, seven candles, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And every one of them is like an almond blossom shaped yeah. like a flower. Um, and that's the only light that is then in the holy place. 
So again, maybe we want to put up a picture just of this for people to look through if you haven't seen it before. Mm. Uh, there's a big courtyard, uh, which is something like a rugby field, you know, covered with cloth, the outside. Everybody could go in there. And then the first thing that you're going to meet is the, um, the, the altar of burnt offering where you're going to bring your offering to God. And that's the image of Jesus, mm. right? You're going to pour the blood before you can come into God's presence. And Jesus poured his blood. Mm. And then the next thing you're going to meet is the wash basin, uh, which is hammered um, copper. Mm. Uh, or is it bronze? One of those. And you can look in that. It's filled with water. So the priests must then come and cleanse themselves. They look into the mirror of it and see, oh, I need to wash myself before I can go in. And we use that as an image of Scripture mm. because in the New Testament it Washing says, of the Word. Yeah, yeah, you look into it. It sort of reflects your dirt and how you must be cleansed of it. And then you go into a smaller portion of a tent, which is the holy place. Mm. Um, and in that, there's that lampstand, which is the only light in the room, seven um, lamps. And the table and is the on the other side, on your right-hand side if you come in. And then right in front of you, before you go through another curtain, um, where only the high priest could go in once a year, there's the altar of incense. Uh, and that odor fills the entire place. And again, it's something special about it. God says he actually designed a smell for the tabernacle. Yeah. And it's a smell that you'll only ever get there. And um, it, it's an a open recipe, but nobody was ever allowed to make this recipe anywhere else. Sure. So literally, God's presence would smell like nothing else. Wow. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. And then you go through this final veil, or the high priest will go through, into where the Ark of the Covenant is. Uh, the mercy seat of God. The Holy of Holies. Yes. Um, so the whole thing was designed to show them your sin needs to be forgiven mm. before your soul is rectified in my presence and then you meet me in the Spirit. Until Jesus tore the, the veil, veil or the angels of God the Father were on that moment that Jesus died. Then all of us were welcomed, like Hebrew says, with the high priest who carried his own blood mm. um, to sprinkle it on the altar to say, now, come. We live not from the outside in, but we start where the Spirit of God meets us in our heart, yeah. and we live into the holy place and into the courtyard and into the world mm. from that place. Glorious, yeah, eh? Amazing. Yeah. So all of these plans are given to Moses on the mountain, and he sent down and said, all right, Go and build these things. Uh, this is how your priest will dress. Um, this is how they must enter my. It's priest. interesting dress dress up, eh? The yes. stuff that they had to wear with like a what's it, an ephod? Yeah. With the gemstones in, and they would yeah. uh, what's it, granate, pomegranates, or something on the skirts on of the trims of it with little and bells. bells and yeah. for uh, uh, just an uh, interesting fact, I think I heard was they went in with a rope around them as well, yes. right? And if yeah. they if they had died in the presence, they would be pulled out with yeah. the rope. Yeah, the God rope. is a fearful, holy yeah. God. You know, you have to revere Him in yeah. His presence. So all of those plans are then given, and then suddenly while still on the mountain, having this conversation about how God intends to live in their midst, mm. God says to Moses, go down because the people have rebelled against me. They have chosen another God. Um, and even before Moses goes down, he hears this from God's lips and he goes on his knees and he starts interceding for them. Mm. He doesn't even go down to check out what's happening. He says, God tells him, I, I'm going to wipe these guys out because they made another God. They made an idol for themselves. Mm. Um, 
and he starts interceding for them, starts pleading, say, God, please, if you would take them off the face of the earth, what would the other nations say about you? It's an interesting appeal, yeah. not about us. What will they say about you? They will say that you brought us out of slavery in Egypt, but you could not take us into the land you promised to give us. And then your glory will be harmed among mm. them, God. Very interesting. That's an interesting take on intercession. Eh? Yeah, and I've thought about that quite, quite a bit. Yeah, if I pray for you, it would be an interesting take to say, how would I pray that the God of God's glory will mm. be manifested through you, mm. that God will be glorified because he's your God? Uh, generally, I look to your needs, but Moses turns it around in this moment and says, God, your name must not be shamed. Yeah. So as, as, and, and in many ways, as if God didn't know, which we know he did. No, yeah. he, he, he knew about it. But there's something beautiful about that for me. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's in... Um, where was it where it said Moses spoke to God face to face like a man like a friend. does with his friend? Yeah. And that speaks something about friendship for me. Mm. Like that, it's not that God didn't know what he was about to do and what he could and couldn't or would and wouldn't do, but yeah. he allowed Moses into that moment yes. to, in, to influence him in inverted commas, if I can put it that way. And maybe to really influence him and yeah. to say we have to that's a difficult one yeah because even as you say it i, I know i've thought it before but I, it's not as if i give myself enough license there <laughs> but we cannot read past it that intercession every time mm. is a real relationship with yeah. god uh, it's a real conversation mm. it's not like um i'm asking and god will in any way do what he wants to do yeah. he's really inviting us to say engage with me yeah. speak to me and ask my will it's incredible yeah which begs that question you know if moses didn't would god then it would have wiped them out where because then yeah. that makes us believe in if i'm really you know it's the um, the prayer of a righteous man avails too much what's yeah. it in james yes. so to go well here he comes before god as his friend um, in many ways and he and he he speaks to his friend and he says please don't do this and god allows him to to change his mind because yeah. it says he changed his mind. Yes. What about Abraham interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah, yeah. There's if there's only one man, yeah, righteous man, and God was willing to to bargain with him on yeah. the thing. Um, what does it mean when the Scripture then say in the New Testament, um, "The I've given you the keys of heaven, mm. and what you lock, yeah, uh, what you bind, must, must already be unlocked." Yeah, in the heaven, you know that whole first. Um, it really means there is an authority to invite God's will mm. into the earth, mm. but we need to do it. Yeah. Uh, we we really do. We live in a place where God needs kingdom must extend, and our invitation is: Will you partner with me in that? Yeah. Ask my will to be there. Yeah. So then there's again there's two takes um, on Exodus 32, because later in chapter nine of Deuteronomy Moses speaks about that incident again. Uh, in the one instance, it says, uh, after interceding for them, Moses went down the mountain. He had those two tablets which God wrote with his own fingers. Mm. How phenomenal yeah. is that? I would like to see God's handwriting yeah. one day. Um, he carried that down the mountain. And as he came to the foot of the mountain and saw that the people ran wild. Uh, they were in wild and orgy. Uh, they started acting up the way that their idol was, yeah. a demon. Um, and when he stood there, he threw those tablets down on the ground and broke them. 
And then Aaron came out to meet him and he, he pleads and he says, please do not be angry with your servant. You know how these people are, a stubborn people. Mm. He's not taking responsibility. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the one of the, the stories, uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 9, Aaron actually says, so I threw the gold into the fire and this calf came out. Mm. A miracle. Yeah. Wow. We Magic. didn't make it. <laughs> he, he wants to be as far removed yeah. from responsibility to this as possible. And while the people were still running wild with Aaron and Moses speaking to one another, uh, Moses cried out, who is for the Lord? And then the Levites came forward, the tribe of Levi. Up until this moment, they're like any other tribe in Israel. Um, in fact, remember the story with Jacob? There was actually with Simeon and Levi from their father, a curse spoken over them. Mm. He says, let me not dwell in their company, in the company of these uh, violent men. Yeah. But in this moment, they step forward and say, we are for the Lord. In other words, we are not for this idol, for this bowl thing mm. that was created here. And then Moses says, all right, everybody strap his sword on his side and go throughout the camp and kill. How rough. Yeah, very rough. One tribe send in to this wild people who's just running around. There's no order. Mm. It's absolute chaos. Um, and he said they started killing, started thrusting people through with a sword until Moses says, all right, the anger of the Lord is now reverted. Mm. His judgment was poured out for you. And then in response to that now, in response to their choice to be for God, God says, all right, now you are my chosen tribe, the Levites. And we'll get to numbers where this bargain is then struck, where God actually buys them out uh, because of all those that he spared in Egypt mm. when the plague of the firstborn was done. So there's something really powerful about this, you know. Um, God chooses those who chooses him. Mm. Uh, draw near to me and I will draw near to you, the scripture says. Oh. Um, so we can easily often look at anointed people and say it's not fair. Well, how can Voldu heal so many people? You know, that's not fair. Mm. Well, Voldu chose God, chose to press in, mm. chose to love God, chose to trust the truth about what the scripture says. Mm. And then the Lord says, you choose me, I choose you, Voldu. As much as you want to run with me, I will run with you. Mm. Uh, something precious about that, eh? Yeah. And something I, I personally take away from just this time that you've shared now is right in the beginning there where, you know, Moses went up and it took it took a little longer than what the people expected. And I yes. think we often experience that as well where we become impatient when we wait on, on our God. Mm -hmm. And in those moments we can go to idols and to the wrong kinds of things and to, to friendship with God is um, is costly. It takes time. It's yeah. you, just what you mentioned. The, we don't just uh, miraculously get a history with God. It, the history is something that you have to actually build. You have mm -hmm. to walk through it. So I think that would be my encouragement taken for myself. Um, and if you've been listening to this today, I hope you've been encouraged and blessed by just the life that comes from Scripture. Yeah. And if you've, if you've been stuck thinking that the Old Testament is dead and boring, well, hopefully this has changed your mind because it's really, really life-giving and powerful and, and so many things we can draw from that, even as we've said before, um, pointing to Jesus right in the time that we read it. Absolutely. So bless you. Until next time then. Bye-bye.